Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Yeah, I, I thought it was yeah. uh, the Adams family at first, dun, 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 <laughs> and then I thought it was the theme from 90210. That's pretty good too. <laughs> I was, well, I think it was just because the way you coughed sounds like the start of that song. Maybe do they have a bit? I go, <clears throat> and you just let me go. I, I was, to, I was waiting for I just to leave cut all me of off. that in. That's why I let you go. Oh fuck! I should have known. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. You're here with me, Dave Warnicky, them, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Oh. oh. <laughs> Where are them? Oh, hello. You're, you're, you're the new it them. Oh. oh, special. Oh my goodness, I'm blushing. You're the power duo of the podcast. The power them. Of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving me high and dry. The third wheel. If you're high and dry, what are we? Low and wet. wet. Fuck yeah. Okay. Cruising through the stream. Oh. Just treading water. We're just islands in the stream. 
Oh, no, no, not again. We we'll stop you <laughs> right there. No, in between. No. How can, How can we, we be wrong? Too early for Still a sing-song. away with me to another, another world. world. And we rely on each other. Ha-ha. From one another to another. Ha-ha. And hello to all our new <laughs> listeners. And goodbye to all our new <laughs> listeners. That's how we'd warm up for the live shows. Remember that? We'd test the mics by singing Islands in the Stream. I, I have no recollection. Neither do I. <laughs> we did it like twice at least. Was I out oh, the no. back drowning myself no, in a toilet? You were probably actually setting up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we were not being helpful as per usual. Yeah, hey, you, you were probably feeling full of anxiety as we're fucking around. Yeah. Oh, guys, just going to go and get some uh, some food? Oh, okay. I'll just set up this microphone then, will I? So I said to myself. And yeah, out loud you said, okay, guys, no problem. Uh, eat up. <laughs> Sadly, I <laughs> Love was. you. <laughs> you guys are the best. Enjoy bre- Enjoy your eggs. And yeah. he clicked the microphone in, put it on the stool and went, ah, oh, I should have gone with it. <laughs> that was a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> it was done. <sighs> hey, I apologize in advance because I've been sick all week. Again. Again. Oh. I don't know Pray. what's wrong This is going to surprise some listeners. What's the thing? Like, it, they'll Pray. probably be like, God, she's sickly. But I'm not. Well, I, I have been. But I mean, like, normally I'm a picture of health <laughs> and I don't get sick. But I've been sick for a while it's, now. It's a pretty poorly drawn picture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty sick picture. <laughs> so we are asking you to stop the podcast. Yeah. Pray for Bob. And hopefully start the podcast. Yeah, resume. Um, and then, But also just forgive me for... Will it be coughing and spluttering? No, not coughing, but I'm just a bit nasally. Oh, no, that's good. They Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> How has he mentioned every week these <laughs> shows? <laughs> Maxwell Sheffield makes it onto every show now. Matt and Billy Connolly <laughs> lately. He's, he's, Matt sort of ditched his Tism references, and now we're going for Billy Connolly references. I, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Miss Fine <laughs> uh, Bagpipes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was Billy Connolly doing Sheffield or Sheffield doing Billy Connolly. But mm, interesting. Either, either way, I enjoyed it. Either way, I was, I was transported to another world with that performance. It was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Mr. Sheffield, you've done a wee jobby in <laughs> Wellington. <laughs> Bagpipes. Bagpipes. <laughs> Friend just sent a fan of shit in her shoe. <laughs> and she's blaming Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> and not CC's dog? Oh, that dog would be dead now. <laughs> <laughs> That's life for you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, so enough about me. How are you guys? Are you well? I'm well. I cannot remember the last time I was ill. I am the picture of health, which makes me worried. You like mm. the picture of Dorian? You know Greg. when. That's right. Well, God, imagine what the attic looks like. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's fucked. <laughs> but I haven't... But I'm worried that when I get sick, it'll be bad now. It's been a while. Your body doesn't know how to fight it. Mm. I got my flu shot for the first time ever last week. Oh, I got, I got a flu... You got a flu shot, JP? Nah. Uh, you... Because out of the three of us, I would donate my flu shot to you if I could. That's sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I'd give you a double shot. <laughs> give me your arm. I'll rub along it. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Stop yeah. rubbing your arm on me. <laughs> Just rubbing my little wound on yours. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's going to have health benefits. No, I don't think that's how it works. But good call. Maybe I should do that. We did do an episode on The problem with it is that you you can't get one while being sick. So I don't know if you'll ever have an opportunity. Winter will be over. It's no good. You'll get 
flash, the flu shot from three years ago that you've been meaning to get. <laughs> I'm mostly just, and the thing is, like, I've been home from work all week, uh, but it's not the type of sick where I'm bedridden. I'm just, I'm still kind of wandering around the house. I'm just bored and lonely. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Because that is how, when you go to the doctor, they say, are you bedridden? Are you house wandering? Yeah, I'm house wandering. Where are you? Are you bored and lonely? Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you've that's got, a you've already anyway. mentioned it three times <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> Hi, doctor. I'm bored and lonely. Anyway, that's not what I'm here for. That's just how I introduce myself. <laughs> it's sort of just it's part of who I am now. I don't know how to not be alone. <laughs> Hello, I'm bored and lonely here for the two o'clock. <laughs> Sorry, Jess Perkins. Sorry. That's my Yahoo chat room. <laughs> bored and lonely at the two o'clock. <laughs> it's my email address. Now, because you've had so much time to yourself, have you had a bit of time to research a report or have you been putting it off all week? No, I've been working on it, and but normally I'll sit down and just sort of smash it out, whereas I've been working on it over the course of a few days, which is new That's and great. interesting. So it's ingrained in you. Yeah, it's kind of ingrained. And like I started to research, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of interesting. And then I kept going and I was like, oh, this is actually a really cute story. Oh, so, cute. cute story. Mm-hmm. Is this the sequel to My Little Ponies? Yeah. Yes, it's Care Bears. <laughs> oh, got to find a reason to hate them as well. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, um, like as as we were setting up today, I was like, oh shit, I'll just write a question. And then I said out loud to you guys, fuck it, I'm not going to write a question. You did say that. I said that. Out um, of nowhere. <laughs> and, and you guys were talking about something else. <laughs> and I had been pretending to listen. And I haven't written a question. So I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to start, by the way. We're getting, let's get Great. stuck in. Let's, please do. Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, who is uh, so? Okay, let's name a few. All right, we'll see that, if you get it. Wish that you'd written a question. This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> who? Now let's start with. No, no, scrap that. Let me get the whiteboard out. Come on. All right, everyone, it, grab an abacus. While Jess is thinking, uh, I should let new listeners know this is how we start. The topic is the report giver asks a question, and that sort of leads us in. And a real smooth transition, as you can see happening before you right now. Real smooth. Really smooth. Okay, here we go. Who oh, would You didn't even notice that transition. <laughs> here we go. Who would you say... Oh, no. <laughs> no, sorry. Please actually do go on to ask a question. Is one of the most successful fiction writers... In history. Agatha Agatha Christie. Poirot. Come on, (laughs) challenge it. She sold more books than any other writer in in history. As if I would even attempt to do the Poirot episode. It's in the billions. Agatha Christie. The guy who wrote the Bond books. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm -hmm. It's not Ian Fleming. Which was a classic, I believe. Is it... I mean, I, I've ne- not seen Based evidence on a of true that. Story. Modern, so we're going J.K. Rowling, Stephanie mm, Meyer. No, uh, Stephanie uh, Meyer. E. L. James is Fuck that the R.L. Stein? R.L. Stein. No, it's not R.L. Stein. Go further back. Are we talking? It is a. It is, is, a, um, is it an initial initial? Yes, it oh, is. Is it really? Um, okay. It's initial initial initial. Hunter S. Thompson. No, oh, that's not right. Initial initial initial. Um, um. Initial 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 surname. Oh, okay. Let me. Let me think. Um. ABC for kids. <laughs> <laughs> ABC for kids. With um, a Z. Uh, wrote uh, a book that is a big book it's and has been split into... Jesus. Several H- films. H.H. Holmes Christ. <gasps> Bloody hell. <laughs> Was it... Is the first letter a J? Correct. Followed oh, J- by an R. Correct. Followed by an R. Wait, Correct. I know it. I know it. Matt's going to steal the glory. Um, J R R 
Uh, it's like, I've never heard anyone say it, but it's like Tolkien. 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 Fuck. J.R. Tolkien. I've seen that written a lot. And he wrote Winter is Coming. <laughs> that movie about the trolls. Yes. Uh, what's it called? Um, Winter Game of is Thrones. Coming. No. <laughs> no. Are you being serious? <laughs> Are you, the, the trolls are coming? Winter is coming. Uh, the trolls. Uh, Law, this is so tedious. This is, um, this, is, this is me being a troll coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sound the alarms. The trolls are coming. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's also the alarm. The troll alarm. It's very confusing. Oh, what is it? I get confused between those two things. One of them is newer than the other and it's right. called Lord Orlando of the Rings. Blooms. There we go. Orlando Blooms. So we just are they are they from the same universe? Lord of the Rings and no. Winter is Coming. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I just cannot believe. No, this is going to be a really long hour for Matt. Yeah. He's going to learn so much. Have you seen the Lord? Well, you obviously haven't read the book. Have no. you seen the movies? I feel like I've seen parts of them. Okay, Dave, have you read or seen? I have read and my act. <laughs> is that them? Yeah. Do yeah. you just know that because you look like Gimli? Yeah. <laughs> I th- I've read. Who is Gimli? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> that guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So agreeable. Yes. Yes. Or no, depending what the answer is. I I don't know. What's a gimlet? <laughs> it's because you look like giblets, right? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Dave. I have not seen the films. Okay. Because I, I have read, uh, as a kid, I read The Hobbit and yep. I um, and possibly the first Lord of the Rings book because mm. my mum and grandfather are a big fan. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. You've got, oh, that's right, you've, your grandparents are uh, conjoined twins, aren't they? Yes. Still? <laughs> does that, I don't know if that makes them one person though, does but it? But he's a mum and, mum and grandpa? What would you say? No. So my mum and her They're dad. They're big fans though. Big fans. But they are conjoined. Yeah. They are a big fan. Anyway, that was a weird way to put it, but I. But I don't want to. I'm, I'm willing. I don't want to derail the episode by getting bogged down in this, mm. so I'm going to let it go. Great. Okay, so let's pick it up from big fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they've got like a. Mum's got a really old copy that my granddad ha- had, and my whole life I was like, I'll read that as an adult because I can truly appreciate it. But I don't want to imagine the actors like Harry Potter was ruined for me by the films because now I just imagine. Sure. I can. Daniel Craig. Well, you don't imagine no. him. <laughs> Daniel, well, that's because he is, he is Harry. In a way. But I like using In my, my imagination when I read, so yeah. that's why. But I'm st- I'm, I've been putting off reading The Lord of the Rings for about 10 years. So. That's interesting. Is it because I look like Gimlet? <laughs> Giblet. <laughs> Giblet, sorry. <laughs> no, you were right. Oh. No, no Gimli. it's Gimli. Okay, oh. this is amazing because well, this is a golden hat suggestion from James ah. Roy. James Roy, we are so sorry. We have not done the research. Well, that's that's the thing, James Roy, because I was like, I mean, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do my best at this report, but I don't know if I'm the most qualified. It turns out I am the most qualified. I assume Dave would have... Well, he's yeah. read the, he has read the book. But so. I've seen the films okay. t- t- at and least 12 like years Giblet. ago. <laughs> it's, it's crazy... It, it would, you would struggle to find that many people of our generation, Matt, that haven't seen the Lord of the Rings films. And here we have three people, two of which have never seen them. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Because I know they were very big. Huge. Uh, well, the second one won Oscars, I think. They, I, think the all, I think all of them. All of them, great. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but they but one lots, of, won, of, lots of awards. But one of them won Best Picture, that's right. right. Yeah, okay, that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the thing is, like, this probably wouldn't normally be my... Like, I probably wouldn't have... 
not been that bag. interested. Yeah, not really. But one of my best friends in high school was J R R Tolkien. Yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, Olivia R R Tolkien. <laughs> Her name is Olivia Mann, and uh, she was obsessed with Lord of the Rings and would make us watch it all the time. So her name was Olivia, and you were referring to Dave uh, in like a Rastafarian sort of... <laughs> is, that what, is that what happened? Her name was Olivia Mann. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happened? I'm just double-checking that's what happened. I met Liv on the first day of Year 7, and I am so upset that I never thought of that joke. Like, I've known her for... How old am I? Like, 14 years... Never thought of that. Hey, I'm so upset I'm coming right now. at it through fresh eyes. So yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm going to call her as soon as I'm done here and be like, hey, hey, Liv, Olivia Mann, and she'll just hang up on me. It'll be great. Yeah, that'll be a nice, that'll be a nice moment. Yeah, I haven't spoken to her for a while. I should call. Anyway, <laughs> so today's episode is less about Lord of the Rings, although I'll touch on it a little bit, but it is more to do with the life of J.R. Tolkien. Don't worry, because everyone's seen Lord of the Rings, apart from Matt and I, so they're across that. Yeah, and imagine, imagine trying to do a report on a movie that the two other people hadn't seen. Imagine trying to do that. A trilogy as well. A trilogy. That'd imagine be trying awfully to do a tedious. <laughs> On a trilogy Have of you films. guys seen Back to the Future yet? I've told you I've seen it just a very long time ago. Oh. I have not seen it. You guys I feel it. like it would be right up his alley, though. I, don't think you think? I think you'd love it. We should watch it. We say that so often that we should watch movies no, together. I never you know anything. what? We never watch movies together let's anymore. Do let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Next time we go to Matt's house, we'll just watch a movie. Maybe not. Instead of doing any work. Okay. So, would you like to have a guess at what the J-I-R-R, a J-R-R is? Well, Dave and my middle names are James. Correct. So I'm going to go for James. David, would you like to have a guess? John. Very good. John it is. Okay. I reckon I've... Robert? No. How how old is this? He was born in 1892. Okay. I would have believed anywhere from 1700s to 1993. Well, you're not going to get the second R, but you you might get the first one. Another R name. (laughs) Rythagoras. No. Okay. Roger? No. Ryan? No. Reginald? Mm. Reg? No. Regan? Riley? No. Rastafarian? I was going to say the same fucking name. I don't know. Robert? No, I've said that already. Ron? Ronald? Ronald? H. Hubbard? John John Ronald? Reagan? You you got it. (laughs) It's it's Ronald and then Riul. Oh, Riul. Uh, R-E-U-E-L. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Riul. Riul talking. Andre Riul. <laughs> oh, God, don't bring that man up again. I cannot handle it. Anyway, he was born on the 3rd of January in 1892 in Bloemfontein in the Orange Free State, which is now the Free State Province in South Africa, um, to his parents, Arthur Riul Tolkien, who was an English bank manager, and his wife, Mabel. We know her name! Hey, Mabel. Yay! Mabel's a good mum name, too, That's I reckon. Name. Even it's better grandma name. Mabel, don't you reckon? Mabel. Mabel's just a great name. Yeah, no, good call. I reckon Mabel's coming back in fashion. I reckon there's going to be baby Mabel. Oh, that's cute, Baby Mabel. Mabel. You're awfully quiet over there, Dave. (laughs) If I had twins, I'd call them Kane and Mabel. Perfect. For some reason. Perfect. I don't know why. Just because I'm... Sometimes I don't know when to not talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we know, buddy. We've built a career on it. Um, now, the, the couple had left England when Arthur was promoted to the head of the Bloemfontein office of the British Bank, um, which he was working for at the time. And um, Sounds rich. Well, I'm sure they were fine. 
I think they're okay. Um, by the way, J.R., he went by Ron or Ronald to his family. So um, he had uh, he had a brother as well, he had a sibling, a younger brother, Hillary, Hillary Arthur Real Tolkien, and he was born in 1894. So they're like only two years apart. Um, now, when he was three, he went to England with his mother and brother on what was intended to just be a, like a family visit. Apparently, both kids had like health issues growing up and their mum took them back to England thinking that she could just sort of um, like surrounded by her family could kind of like um, get them a little bit healthier and yeah, then no, t- take them back to where th- that they could handle the hotter climates once they were a bit stronger, yeah, apparently. Nurse them back to health in that beautiful, beautiful climate of England. Yeah, instead of the nice warm... South Africa. Mm. The dry air is just horrible. Yeah, it's no good. For your lungs. Anyway, so they just went back for like a family visit. But um, unfortunately, his father died in South Africa. Of um, he, he got very sick and he, and he passed away before he could join them um, in the UK. I think they were, I think they were maybe going to be moving back or I'm not sure. But anyway, they, they, they never saw each other again because their father passed away while they were um, in England. That sucks. Yeah, and so this left the family without an income. So his mother took That sounds him. not rich. Not rich. So she took him to live with her parents um, in Birmingham. And he really enjoyed... Ex- Birmingham. Ex- ex- no, that's not right. Ozzy, Os- Ozzy Osbourne. How does his accent go? Oh, is he Birmingham? He'd be like this. Isn't he- oh, I'm oh, Sharon. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, the, that's Birmingham, I think. <laughs> no, I ought to tell Sharon a lot. That's, yeah. like, that's the home of like uh, the, a lot of heavy metal, is Birmingham. Hmm. It's like a real industrial town. In the hmm. north, mid, or north, mid... Maybe I like that most of your geography knowledge comes from music. Yeah, pretty that's much. It's not bad. Like it's, it's hey, at least you got some geography knowledge. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't. I got nothing. Um, so he really liked exploring some of the surrounding areas, um, which people would will later say inspired scenes in his book, books. Um, uh, and he even had uh, there was uh, uh, one of his aunt, his aunt Jane, had a farm. Um, called Bag End, which he then went on to use in Lord of the Rings. Bilbo Bag End. Is that it? No. His name's Baggins. Okay, fuck. He lives in Bag End. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is as well that people are probably going to listen to this being big Lord of the Rings I'm so fans. sorry. No, I'm, I'm only teasing. I'm going to go no, watch no, no, these no. movies. But I it's just that, like, they, they would probably... And your stupid interest. <laughs> and your stupid bag They would probably be thinking, like, oh, this will be interesting. And we're like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> yeah. Here's the most basic things. Yeah. The Lord of the Rhine? God, we're good. Am I saying that right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds odd. Rhines? They're all odd. I what don't think rhines? any of those people haven't got this far into the episode. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, uh, Mabel taught her two children at home. And uh, and Ronald was uh, was a very keen pupil. She taught him a great deal of uh, of botany, and this is where his love of nature really started. All his entire life, he really loved um, nature and, and the outdoors. And he liked so it's to... more nature versus nurture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he liked to draw landscapes and trees. Um, but his favourite lessons were those concerning languages. And his mother taught him um, the rudiments of Latin very early on in his uh, in his education. Um, he could read by the age of four and could write fluently soon afterwards. Um, his mother encouraged him and allowed him to read lots of books. He disliked Treasure Island and the Pied Piper and thought Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll was amusing but disturbing. <laughs> um, so he's a little bit 
uppity even as a, like a five-year-old. Yeah, he's like a he's a literature critic at a very young age. Hmm, amusing, but not life-changing. <laughs> um, sorry, a bit, you... of, a bit of light reading. Yeah. Mm. Do you want some more breast milk, mate? <laughs> Your baby. They try and bring down his ego. Yeah, and he's bit. like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> an amusing offering. What do you have in in an almond milk or? A... <laughs> Ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> Mum, can you change your diet a little, please? Because uh, this isn't pleasing me. Getting a little tangy aftertaste. Mother, dear, Mabel? Hmm? Enough of the asparagus dinners, Mother. <laughs> your urine tastes awful. Mother, <laughs> <laughs> he's really arrogant with his reading, but he drinks piss. <laughs> um... In 1904, when uh, Ronald was 12, his mother died of acute diabetes at Fern Cottage. Oh, she really should should have changed that diet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, adorable diabetes. That is a joke that I would make and you would go, oh, that's fucked. You can't do that. That's fucked. Nah, this is olden days enough, I think. You do it about (laughs) stuff and living memories. If the people are still around who you're saying, ah, your baby died, I think that's no good. But if it was... Yeah, all right, look, you're right. That this is, is a 1904. Very, that is a very faint line to draw. Yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, Jess. Um, I'll ask you to edit that out later. <laughs> so people don't know about my dark soul. But I will definitely leave that so in. So now he is an orphan. He's an orphan. So it's, um, Do you like that, Matt? Does that amuse you? <laughs> all I heard was acute diabetes. I wasn't paying attention. His mother that, died oh. of acute diabetes. And you know how old oh. she was? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how old she was, too? 69. No. Oh. She was... Well, I, I mean, you're asking the question like it'd be... I don't know... What well, just, I... a, just an age to die, maybe. Oh. Oh, what's a good age to die? Is that what you mean? Yep. She was about 34. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. How old are you turning this year, Matty? Who could say? Who, I mean, you get this age, you can't keep track. Man, I'm, honestly, my mind is like mush. <laughs> So she was 34 um, at the time, which is about as old as a, as Matt, as a person with diabetes um, type 1 could live without treatment because insulin would not be discovered until two decades later. Oh, that is fucking unlucky timing. Yeah. So she passed away. Are I'm... you saying, that? see, this is where your inconsistency really shows. Here we go. Did she die young? <laughs> Jess? Oh, well, I would have said. Would you say she, she... she had a good innings, I would have said. <laughs> See I you mean, later, you Mabel. Can, yeah, I mean, you can't expect to live forever. <laughs> 34? That's all right. Jeez. I mean, she must have done a lot. She travelled? Yeah. She lived abroad for a bit? She had some kids? Yeah. It's time to go. Time to go. Next person's chance. Come on, mate. Come on, Mabel. You're holding space now. <laughs> she died very young, Jess. Mm-hmm. Basically an infant. Yeah, she was, she was young, as were her children. Right, so now now they're... um... She had kids at that age. (laughs) Jeez, she she did really do a lot. She got it done. She she must have got on it early. (laughs) What's it? The D. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where's he going to go? Oh, he's going to go quite literally for... Yeah, look, I... She got on the D. There were were two ways there I could have gone. Something inventive and funny. Or the exact place that Dave is sort of trying to draw me to. Yeah, the obvious joke, which yeah. is where you like to go. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm being mean, I'm sorry. 
Um, That's because you're a bitch. <laughs> so just to summarise, his mother has now died. His mother is dead. <laughs> Glad that's funny for Jeez, you, I, Dave. Jeez. Yeah, you did well to summarise that. <laughs> His mother is dead. Now, prior to her death, she had assigned the guardianship of her sons to a close friend, Father Francis Xavier Morgan, um, who was assigned to bring them up as good Catholics. Do not trust this guy. He was lovely. <laughs> well, I don't trust him. He was a father figure to them. Yeah, father figure. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't his, their real dad, was he? No, because their real dad died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and where was this him? guy? Yeah. <laughs> Matt and I are thinking on the same page. Father Francis, get up. Get up. Get up and admit your crimes. <laughs> put your hand up, finger yourself, let everyone know. <laughs> hey, how can he put his hand up and finger himself at the same <laughs> One time? One hand up, finger the other with the other, <laughs> and with your third hand, thumb yourself too. <laughs> so you did the crime, you do the... Fingering. Fingering. That's how the saying goes. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So he's a lovely guy. He's lovely. Um, while he was in his teens, Tolkien and, um, had his first encounter with a constructed language, which was animalic, which was an invention of his cousins, Mary and Marjorie. Um, and uh, so they sort of created their own language. Now, their interest in animalic kind of died away, but Mary and others, including Tolkien himself, invented a new and more complex language called Nevbosch. <laughs> And the next constructed language that he came to work with was Nafarin, would be his own creation entirely. So that kind of makes sense because um, obviously you don't know a lot about Lord of the Rings, but there's an entire language of Elvish that he sort of created as well around it. Yeah, because he's like a famous linguist as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the language of the trolls? (laughs) Yep. Um, In 1911, while... And my axe. (laughs) Is that in Elvish? Yes, you're speaking what Elvish. It, what does it mean? <laughs> What's the rough translation, Jess? Um, uh, In English, of course. Cup yeah. of tea, please. Oh, okay, great. So, so, the tone is so aggressive. <laughs> Aksh. Is that and tea? my Aksh. Is that tea or please? Aksh. Tea. Oh, okay. You know how when things are translated, like it's sort of... Um, Sometimes in different orders to how we would word it. Yeah, the sentence construction is wrong exactly. in other languages, exactly. in my opinion. But... <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Um, in this is so cute. In 1911, while oh, they were diabetes, <laughs> while they were at King Edward's school, Tolkien and three friends, Rob Gilson, Jeffrey Bark Smith, and Christopher Wiseman, formed a semi-secret society they called the TCBS. Do they just tell people it's called the TC? Is that why it's semi-secret? The TCBS. Do you want to have a crack? Well, BS is obvious. Is it? Is it just Tolkien chimes? Bullshit. Whatever their names were. Tea Club and Bavorian Society. No, Barovian. Tea Club and Barovian Society. So these people invented languages but couldn't even name their society. That's an adorable name because it just alluded to their fondness for drinking tea. (laughs) And, And cows? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> How they hoped the, the bovines of the world would rise Bovine. up. Barovian. Oh. Close. Um, <laughs> Look, I couldn't remember. You said it so long ago. <laughs> After leaving school, these guys all stayed in touch, and in uh, 1914, they held a council in London at Wiseman's home. And for Tolkien, the result of this meeting was a strong dedication to writing poetry. So they, like, these are just like friends from school um, that he stayed in contact with, the Tea Club. I think that's so cute. Um at the age of 16, Ronald met Edith Mary Bratt, who was three years his senior. Oh, an older woman. Um, when he and his brother Hilary moved into a boarding house where she lived. 
According to Humphrey Carpenter, who's done a lot of writing about J.R. Tolkien, he said, Edith and Ronald took to, um, took to frequenting Birmingham tea shops, especially one which had a balcony overlooking the pavement. There they would sit and throw sugar lumps into hats of passerbys, moving to the next table when the sugar bowl was empty. With two people of their personalities and in their passion, uh, position, romance was bound to flourish. Both were, <laughs> both were orphans. What, because they throw sugar at strangers together? Yeah, it's hot. Wow. That's romantic. Oh. oh. They throw it into people's hats and people are like, fuck off, kid. Got yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, that's lovely. That's how romance blossoms. Yeah. How do you guys do it? Well, I don't want to give away my secrets, Jess. I know you'll steal them. I will steal them. I I'm very be, lonely. I want you to be forever alone. Mm. It's good for the show. <laughs> for the sake of the show. Yeah, it is. I've had many offers. Mm. Sugary offers? Many sugary offers. Oh. Like, hey, baby, you want to come uh, throw some sugar with me? And I'm like, I'm sorry. For the sake of my podcast, I need to remain lonely. Is that where the Def Leppard song, Pour Some Sugar On Me, comes Yes, from? it comes from J.R. Ah. Tolkien, yes. Yep. In the name of love. Correct. Um, during the summer of 1909, they decided that they were in love. I like the, the decision. Hmm. Um, hmm. Okay, so all I just right, I think I'm ready now. I am um, all right. Yep, come to a conclusion. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm choosing now. After careful consideration, I have decided to be in love uh, with they you. Shake hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thought about your offer. Talked to my lawyer. He said it's a good investment mm. of my love, yep. and I'm putting it in you. My parents my got engaged kind of that way. They probably won't want me. I'm. I'm they listen to the podcast now, but. Um, uh, like it was basically a, a conversation of like, so we should we should probably get married, hey? Yeah, probably, yeah. And engaged. That's great. I like it. Hmm. Makes it like it's, it's surely it should be a conversation. It's so weird how the tradition is that one person decides. Yeah, true. And then springs it on the other person. It's quite. Hopefully, strange. if you're springing it on the other person, you've, you have had some had sort of conversation, yeah. like a, hey, where are we heading? Are we on the same page? Yeah, cool. That's why. Yeah, like I reckon you should. Surely you should know the answer before you ask the question. Yeah. It's weird when you see people, those are awful videos that come up in Facebook feeds mm. sometimes. I hate, I just hate the idea of any public. Yeah. Oh my God, proposal. public, no. Put it, put it away. Put it away. Put it away, mate. No way. I would hate that so much. I, would be, I, I often think it's people that have no, like they do nothing else creative in their life. And they're like, well, I know this is the thing at the NBA Grand Final. Here we go. But it's kind of like, yeah, no, it's like, no, that is just don't ever do that. And also, don't like make a lame video about your love and put it on, and don't show it to me. Yeah, I don't want to say it. Yeah, it's don't show it's it between today. you two. But I think maybe like, if, what if what if uh, they discussed and said, you know, what would be so good if you did this surprise me at the NBA Grand Final <laughs> yeah. next weekend playoff match number three next weekend when we both got tickets. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's even too then. Much. It's like just uh, don't put that on the rest of the crowd. Yeah, it's. I got to oh, pretend that they care now. It makes me uncomfortable. I would hate that yeah, so much. Statistically, you're probably going to get divorced. Don't bring that to the buddy. Yeah. This nice, friendly, bloody basketball match. Now we're all thinking about divorce. Ugh. No good. You got that thought in her head. All of a sudden, Shaq's off his game. <laughs> Shaq can't make a three-pointer for shit now. And that's Shaq. Imagine all the other players. They're not as good as Shaq. I don't think Shaq was a great shooter. I reckon Shaq told you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shaq off, mate. Yeah, Shaq off. What a load of Bavarian society. Nailed it. That's not right. Barovian. There we go. Thank you. Bavarian apple Oh, man, I love the chocolate Bavarian. My favorite dessert ever. When I go to Pancake Parlor, I usually get Bavarian apple. It's like stewed apple and cinnamon. 
on some pancakes. Bloody yummy. Anyway, so Edith and Ronald have decided to be in love. What do you think of the name Edith? One Not of my a fan. best mate's name. I mean, love it. Oh, I've met Edith. Edith. She's the best. She's great. So maybe it's because of her that I'm just a big fan of the name. Yeah, but does she does she shorten it at all? Or does I she call her, I call her Death for short. Sick. Or Dith. Or or yeah. Anyway. No, I've met her and she is cool. Actually, she's cool. yeah, she makes that name cool. Yeah. All right. No, she's kind of she's won me over a little bit there. Actually, I, like I liked her. She's I like fun. the Edie is nice. Yeah, Edie's Edie, nice. Edie works. Oh, she's has options. Actually, I've got my cousin had a baby and has, she must be Edith because she's Edie. Edie. And my grandpa's name is Eddie. And so they like to take pictures together, like Edie and Eddie, you know, because it's just like one letter different. I think that's really, and I, and I think a photo is the best um, medium to show that. I could not agree more. Yeah, absolutely. It's just an old man holding a baby. Eh? <laughs> this eh? photo's going to take eh? some explaining to the viewer, this, but This still. is going to need a caption. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to need a very clear caption. Okay, so this is my grandfather. His name is Eddie. And uh, my daughter, her name is Edie. Clearly, and if cl- you can see by the... Clearly there's been some sort of typo. <laughs> they both kind of have the same name except for one letter different. <laughs> but the thing is that they're pronounced differently. Um, oh, okay, so it also needs some sort of audio. Okay, video is going to be best, I think. And then it's a just, public proposal. And... I think we're just maybe going to shelve this project for a while. <laughs> um, this is why Tolkien was so fascinated with language. It's, there's just endless things you can do with it. Eddie, Edie. The list goes on. <laughs> Okay, so Edie and Ronnie are in love, um, but his guardian, Father Morgan, saw Edith as a reason for Tolkien having muffed his exams. <laughs> hey, what does that mean? I bet he was muffing. <laughs> I bet. Couldn't get enough of the muff. He's a good Catholic boy, excuse me. Yeah. I think Dave means he was eating too many muffins, got crumbs on the exam that, sheet. That's what Francis meant. Yeah, I think so too. It's muffed so he, his exam. He... See, Francis, I told you his trouble. He hates love. Mm. He hates love. He loves love. hate. Mm. Which is hard for him because he doesn't love to love anything. Well, he also wasn't happy that um, his surrogate son was romantically involved with an older Protestant woman. Uh. I mean, she was three years older. But at 16, that's a fair gap. You know, nowadays, I'd take anything. <laughs> God, you, you should have seen her fair gap. Oh, three years. I left that alone, Dave, and I expected better from you. I muffed it up, didn't I? <laughs> you really muffed it. You muffed that gap. No. Oh. Please edit. He prohibited him from meeting, talking to, or even corresponding with her until he was 21. In a 1941 letter to his son, Michael, Tolkien recalled, I had to choose between disobeying and deceiving a guardian who had been a father to me, more than most fathers, I'm not sure what that means, and dropping the love affair until I was 21. I don't regret my decision, though it was very hard on my lover, but it was not my fault. She was completely free and under no vow to me, and I should have had no... Uh, no just complaint if she'd gotten married to someone else. For very nearly three years, I did not see or write to my lover. It was extremely hard, especially at first. The effects were not wholly good. I fell back into folly and slackness and misspent a good deal of my first year at college. Oh, it sounds like he's muffin all day long. Yeah, folly and slackness. That's a euphemism. You people are disgusting. This is really sweet. Don't you think that's what he meant? What do you reckon he meant? Folly and slackness. Yeah, that because he... he wasn't with her. Yeah, he couldn't concentrate. Oh, so he got slack. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It was all like... What's folly? Something was missing. Mm, I'm, just, I'm just reading the quote, man. I don't know. I'm reading the quote between the lines. Look, if you zoomed in on that letter, Jess, you would have seen some text saying what Matt was saying. 
Oh, okay. Cool. It's the man shit over again. All right, so he's not, messages. He, he's not allowed to speak to her until he's 21. So on the evening of his 21st birthday, he wrote to her, and she was living with a family friend, C.H. Jessup, in Cheltenham, and he declared that he never ceased to love her and asked her to marry him. She replied that she had already accepted the proposal of George Field, the brother of one of her closest school friends. Edith said, however, that she had agreed to marry Field only because she felt on the shelf and had begun to doubt that Tolkien still cared for her. She explained that because of Tolkien's letter, everything had changed. <gasps> Oh, Fieldy. So on the oh, 8th of sucks. January... No, this is good. It sucks for Fieldy. Yeah, well, fuck it. But he did go on to form the Wiggles, so I guess so everyone right. had a win. On the 8th of January... So this he wrote to her on his the evening of his birthday, which is like the 3rd of January. So a week later, he travelled by train to Cheltenham and, and he met with Edith and they took a walk in the countryside. They sat under a um, railway viaduct... <laughs> Okay, and talked. And by the end of the day, Edith had agreed to accept Tolkien's proposal. She wrote to Field and returned so he, her engagement ring. So he didn't take her to the NBA no. playoff game number three, no. like they'd always discussed. Mm. What a betrayal. <laughs> Heartbreak. But that is actually very beautiful that they've held the flame for, what, five years? 16 to 21. Well, you see, I mean, sort of, but mm. she got engaged in that time, which just feels brutal. She got engaged because she thought she was on the shelf. Well, she thought that like he had just sort of given up on her. So yeah, what a sad time we're Because like... he wasn't even allowed to write to her. He wasn't allowed... if he could write to her and say, "It's cool, babe. Still love you." Yeah, but don't you... isn't there something a bit wrong about getting engaged to someone when you love someone else? Yes. It feels feels gross. I'm feeling for Field. Oh, why? Fuck Field. Well, <laughs> he's not getting any. <laughs> Edith certainly isn't. Field's on the shelf now. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. It feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Apparently, upon learning of Edith's new plans, her friend, C.H. Jessup, the one she was um, living with, wrote to her guardian, "Um, I have nothing to say against Tolkien. He is a cultured gentleman, but his prospects are poor in the extreme, and and when he will be in a position to marry, I cannot imagine. Had he adopted a profession, it would have been it would have been different. So he's like this guy. He's no good. No, no prospects. Hope, uh, mm. 
No prospects. Well, he's going to What does he offer? Prove, prove him wrong. <gasps> Is he? Yeah. Following their engagement, Edith reluctantly announced that she was converting to Catholicism at Tolkien's insistence. And again, this friend Jessup, like many others his age and class, was strongly anti-Catholic, and he was infuriated, and he like kicked her out of the house they were sharing. He's like, you've got, you got to live somewhere else. This is one of my favourite things, is how there was a time where Protestants and Catholics hated each other. I couldn't tell you what the difference between the two are. They both believe in Jesus. I think they're both their Bibles, their book. Yeah. It's so weird that, like, it, it just shows how funny humans are that they just love a difference in an enemy. Mm. And that just, like, a tiny little split and that's it. That's enough. Now you just, yeah. Yeah. I, I, is there a difference? I know one of them, the, I think Protestants, um, priests can marry their reverends, right? I, I have no idea. I think idea. that's right and Catholic priests can't. I think that's Ca- the big difference. I know difference. Catholic priests can't. That's the big bloody difference. That's the big difference. Yeah. Apart from that, but there's like whole cities that have been like uh, Belfast in Ireland, yeah. Northern Ireland. It's just like it's still, yeah. There's some areas that are blue and some are red. They're sort of like color coded based on religion. I was there in August, so what was that like six, seven months ago? And they took us on a tour around Belfast, and like they're still like these the walls that they built to divide the communities are just like enormous and they're like oh it's much better now we still lock the gates at night and i'm like oh, really? oh my god like it was it was so strange Ugh. it was incredible like it was yeah really interesting but um it really hit you as well i was like oh wow mm. beautiful murals though beautiful murals <laughs> it was beautiful and the people so lovely oh, genuinely oh. they are the loveliest people I love, yeah i had a great time there saw the dropkick murphys Supported by the Living End. No way. In Belfast it was a real, real cool gig. That is very cool. Living End in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sick. <laughs> it was, mate, it was so sick. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> so they were formally engaged um, in January of 1913 and married at St. Mary's Immaculate Roman Catholic Church on the 22nd of March 1916. Oh, three-year engagement. I know. They, this, fuck, they wait, these ones. Again, so th- what's nice about Tolkien is that he wrote a lot of letters to his to his kids. He had four kids. And um, so you sort of get, like, really nice insights into everything, like, just because they've actually got, like, written evidence of, of what he thought and stuff like that. Um, and so in a letter in the 40s to his son, he expressed admiration for his wife's willingness to marry a man with no job, little money, and no prospects except the likelihood of being killed in the Great War. Jeez. So he's like, even, even that, she still wanted to marry me. That's nice. So speaking of the Great anyway, War... Anyway, where's Fieldy? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? What's he doing now? Who cares? Is he doing well? Fuck off, Fieldy. I no bet, one cares. I bet you he died in the fields. Who cares? I bet you he did. He sounds like the most tragic character I've ever come I'm across. I'm actually not sure what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So exactly. we can hypothesize all you like, actually, yeah, if you want. Hey, Regan, I bet you he died. He bet you he died in the war. On the last day of the war. Yeah, they were about to clock off. It. He was putting his ticket in to go clocking off, and it exploded, the ticket yeah. machine. <laughs> Blew off his hand, bled to death. <laughs> Very slowly. Tragic. Wow. That's awful. Mm. And he was holding in his other hand the engagement ring. Because he never let it go. He never let it go. Oh, but it's fine when the other one does and ever let it go. Oh, I'm giving myself a little spell. Okay, man. <laughs> I can have a little break. He's pushing the mic away. He's done now. Now he's having a break. Okay, um, so I'm going to talk a little bit now about the Great War. And Dave, there's a lot of French 
names and um, places yeah. in here, so I'll be getting your input, obviously, as the French speaker of the pod. As the translator. Thank you. Official. So, in August of 1914, the United Kingdom entered the First World War. Um, Tolkien's relatives were shocked when he elected not to immediately volunteer for the British Army. Again, in a 1941 letter to his son, he said, In those days, chaps joined up or were scorned publicly. Um, It was a nasty cleft to be in for a young man with too much imagination and little physical courage. Instead, he entered a program where he delayed his enlistment until completing his degree. So it was like, I'm studying. But once he, once he finished, he was straight in. And he, um, yeah, when I'm done, I'm so in. I am oh, so, so in. So keen. Can I take 20 years to do this yeah. PhD? Because you'd probably be hoping that by the time you finished, like, the war would be over. But um, that was not the case. Um, so he, I'd really love to, but I'm, I'm going to take a gap year. Yeah. I'm just going to travel a bit. I'm oh. deferring, and then I'm coming back to finish. So I'm not technically finished my studies. I've got I'm two more go, units. I'm going to go part-time, mm-hmm. one unit a semester. Yeah. Uh, Just so I can really mm. dedicate myself to it. I want to do really well. I want to learn. Yeah. I'm here to learn. I'm not here to faff about. I'm not faffing. I'm not here to muff about either. I'm not, fuck, I'm not here to fuck spiders. Still one of the weirdest expressions yeah, weird. that I, I don't understand. I grew up with it as uh, not here to fuck fish, but apparently that's, that's the mind. Like, no one else says it like that. Okay, so if you're from overseas, an Australian phrase. Is it an Australian phrase? Oh, without a doubt. We're not here to fuck spiders. Is We're not here to muck around. We're not here to waste time. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're serious. We're here for business. Not here to fuck spiders. Yeah. God, we're just linguists, aren't we? Yeah, but don't so you think... So poetic. Don't you think fuck fish just sounds... It's way more pleasing. Is it because of the alliteration? The alliteration, yeah. Not here to fuck, fuck fish, fish, mate. No, I like spiders. What do you call me? <laughs> A fuck fish. <laughs> oh, please do go on. Carry on. Um, so uh, he completed his studies in July of 1915 and he trained with the 13th Batil- uh, Battalion. Um, so straight in. For 11 months, yep. Oh, he did 11 months of training. It's mm. a long time. In a letter to Often Edith. Often they'd be like, great, you've, uh, you've got your gun. Off we go. See ya. Um, in a letter to his wife, he complained that gentlemen are rare among the superiors and even human beings rare indeed. Ooh, brutal. Um, smack down. <laughs> Following their wedding, Lieutenant and Mrs. Tolkien took up lodgings near the training camp. Um, in June, he received a telegram sum- summoning him to Folkestone for posting to France. Um, and the Tolkiens spent the night before his departure in a room at the Plough and Harrow Hotel in Birmingham. He later wrote, junior officers were being killed off a dozen a minute. Parting from my wife then, it was like a death. He's so beautiful. He just loves his wife. It's so nice. Uh, you know? Just a bit dramatic, I think. Oh, you are just... Take it down a notch, mate. You are a piece of shit. You are dead inside. You have no love. You got a picture that they're talking like this as well. That's not quite right, but something like that. It's real low down, I think, the Birmingham maximum. So that means that he's... I've died a death Is that what you think they sound like? That's really offensive. Apologise to Birmingham right now, please. Hey, sorry, Birmingham. I don't mean it like that. This is more of an homage. <laughs> That's what I need you to know. I love you, your town, and the music of your town. It's an homage. The new wave of, of uh, British heavy metal uh, affected me deeply. I was there for it in the early 1980s. Mm. and uh, You were, weren't you? I'm wondering. Yeah. So many great bands came from there. The list goes on. So many. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. 
So, on the 5th of June in 1916, Tolkien boarded a troop transport for an overnight voyage to Calais. Um, while waiting to be summoned to his unit, Tolkien sank into boredom. To pass the time, he composed a poem entitled The Lonely Isle, which was inspired by his feelings during the sea crossing. Um, to evade the British Army's postal censorship, he developed a code of dots by which Edith could track his movements. So he would, like, send her letters with, like, this code in there so she would know where he was. <laughs> So he couldn't just write, I'm here. No, he couldn't. I think it's because of the army, Because of, right? po- of the um, their censorship. Because if right. that was... So th- they'd read his letter and be like, what do these dots mean? Like, Don't oh, worry about it. Just doodling. Are you a spy? Nah. <laughs> Checks out. If Send. he was like, hi, honey, I'm just at the... This, this is my longitude latitude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll soon be moving uh, northward. I, I, I imagine the note wasn't just dots. It would have been hidden in there somewhere. It yeah, would have it would said, have hey, just checking letter. in, letting you know everything's going great, having a great time, dot, dot, dot. Miss you. Dot, dot, yeah, dot, yeah, dot, yeah. dot, 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 miss you. Sorry, that was a really long ellipses. That's not right, is it? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Another word I'd only ever seen written. All right. Um... Yeah, so he would. I think that's cute that they had a little. Um, you guys are dead inside. Like what? that's so sweet. Uh, my girlfriend and I send each other dots all the time. <laughs> Why does that sound so creepy coming from him? <laughs> Do you know. just send a text message of dots? Yeah. Mainly when it's like you haven't written back. Do that. Do that right now, and I want to see what she replies. Okay, oh, that's f- fun. Send her four dots. Four dots. <laughs> send her four dots. Four? Is that where we are? Yeah, four are dots. We, if you send me that, I would reply. You drunk, DW? Yeah, I want to see what she says. Okay, I'm sent four dots. Four dots, great. Well, we'll I'll continue and then we'll see if we get a response. Uh, <laughs> so um, a little bit later in June, he joined his battalion and he found himself commanding enlisted men who were drawn mainly from the mining, milling and weaving towns. Um, according to uh, John Garth, he felt an affinity for these working class <laughs> men. She, she wrote back. <laughs> Also with four dots. <laughs> <laughs> Is she also in the studio? Is that what she's trying to say? <gasps> Same location. I'm going to write back with five dots. <laughs> and on we go. Send. This is a fun game. But please do go on. He's commanding dudes from uh, the mining towns. Yeah, and so he he um, he sort of felt an affinity with these guys. He, he quite liked them, but military, military protocol... Um, forbade him from developing friendships with other ranks. So she just sent back five dots. She wrote back, why are you sending me dots? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, rather ironically there, um, when she's typing the next message, yeah. three dots have come up. Yeah. And then she wrote, I do not care for them. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to explain it's a podcast no, I'll just leave it. <laughs> Great. She'll never know. Um Cool, okay, so he's not allowed to be friends with them, but he quite likes these guys. And then he he later lamented, the most improper job of any man is bossing other men. Not one in a million is fit for it, and least of all those who seek the opportunity. Isn't that beautiful? That's true, those who seek power. Right, Matt? Bloody power seeker over there. Yeah, I'm I'm playing the the long game, and I'm going to take you down and take all the power you have. (laughs) (laughs) Rob us of my power. That's true, I I have heaps of power. Um, <laughs> the 27th of October, 1916, his battalion attacked Regina Trench and Tolkien came down with trench fever, a disease that was carried by lice, which were very common in the dugouts. Um, he was uh, sent to England because he was, he was very sick 
Um, he got quite sick with this trench fever, so they sent him home, basically. Oh, to be sent home, you have to be pretty ill, I reckon. Yeah, he was quite sick. And many of his dearest school friends were killed in the war. Among them were Rob Gilson of the Tea Club, um, who was killed on the first day of the Battle of the Somme while leading his men into assault. Um, and other the other members as well, Jeffrey Smith was killed during the same battle and um, Tolkien's battalion, battalion, I always say battalion, don't know why. Battalion was almost completely wiped out following his return to England. So he's lost. Wow. So he probably dodged a bullet in a way then. Yeah, by getting so really sick. Yeah, wow. Um, what a terrible time. Yeah, and he was quite weak um, and he spent the remainder of the war alternating between hospitals and uh, and like sort of desk duties, basically. He was, he was deemed medically unfit for general service. Um, during his recovery, he began to work on what he called the Book of Lost Tales, um, Lost Tales represented Tolkien's attempt to create a mythology for England, a project he would abandon without ever completing. But throughout 1917 and 18, his illness kept recurring. So this is after the war. Well, it's not after the war, but like he's he's no longer um, you know the, at the, at the in the trenches. <laughs> Fucking hell, speak, Jess. Um, so he, he his illness kept reoccurring. He was still quite sick, um, but he'd recovered enough to do home services at various camps. And it was this time that Edith. I hate it's Edith bore their first child. I really hate the word bore. Edith had their first child, whose name was John. Um, Sounds like quite a bore. <laughs> so in uh, in 1920s is where we sort of get onto his um, his writing. So in 1920 he um, was demobilized and left the army, retaining his rank of lieutenant. His first civilian job after World War One was at the Oxford English Dictionary, where he worked mainly on the history and etymology of words. Uh, of Germanic origin, beginning with the letter W. Warner Key. Oh, yeah, it's wow. It's a German name that starts with W. It's a weird but, place to start. It's a very specific niche he's got there, isn't right? it? Right, I like how that's his first civilian job. It was like, I'm working at the Ox- Oxford English Dictionary. On the Germanic civilian job, Jess? My first civilian job was uh, Toys R Us. As a, as just stock the shelves. It's a good job. It's pretty good. Working, a to- working in a toy shop is it the dream that everyone thinks No, it, it is? sucked so bad. Really? I was a Christmas casual and they asked me to stay on at the end of like January and I was like, nah, I hated it. It was awful. My manager was a dick. <sighs> um, so that was his first civilian job. He also, um, uh, he took up a post as reader in English language at the University of Leeds and became the youngest professor there. Um, in 1925, he returned to Oxford as Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon with a fellowship at Pembroke College. And during his time at Pembroke College, he wrote The Hobbit and the first two volumes of The Lord of the Rings. So now he's like an academic. He's at, he's at the university. And he just starts smashing them out. He's just smashing them out in his downtime. Wow. Because mm. they're long books, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah, they are quite. They're doorstops, quite big books. Oh, they're not really that long. They're pretty long. Or am I just thinking though, because the movies are long? Yeah, they're like three hours a piece. Hobbit's probably only a couple hundred pages, three hundred. I think Lord of the Rings is big though. But that's all three together. Yes. Uh, That is what what I'm thinking. thinking. That's the copy that my mum has. Is all three. So they. What about so the Hobbit? They split into two movies, right? I think they did three, which three. was absolute money grabbing. Yeah, because it's smaller than all the volumes of the Lord of the Rings. Mm. Right. And they did three on one. Yeah, that that's money grabbing by the sounds of it. What a bummer. Actually, I actually never watched. I never watched the Hobbit. 
Hmm. But I probably, like, mm, I don't know. That's just a little fun fact for you. <laughs> fun is, fact number geez, one. That is fun. <laughs> that is fun. Um, then the Second World War was approaching, and in the run-up to the Second World War, Tolkien was um, earmarked as a codebreaker. In January of thirty-nine, he was asked whether he would be prepared to serve in the cryptography department of the Foreign Office in the event of a national emergency. Please tell me he answered in a series of dots. <laughs> but they had to crack. And if you crack this code, I'll do your job. I'm in. I, I feel like a, that must be harder than anything. A series of dots. How do you crack a code like that? All Could right. be anything. If it's like one of those things where every every different letter or symbol means a different letter, dots, it just means, all right, we've figured it out, dot equals A. So what he said here is, ah, uh, <laughs> hmm. What does I he mean by pain. that? <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be winning this war. <laughs> We're clearly getting to the enemy. <laughs> so Tolkien agreed, and on the 27th of March, of 39, he took an instructional course at the London HQ of the Government Code and Cipher School. Uh, gnarly. I mean, I went to the Melbourne Radio School, but fuck, Government Code and Cipher School, fuck yeah. Yeah, that sounds real cool. All right. Um, a record of his training was found, which included the notation Keen next to his name, <gasps> which I quite like, although Tolkien Scholar... Four. Anders Stenstrom suggested that, in all likelihood, that is not a record of Tolkien's interest, but a note about how to pronounce his name. Tolkien. Oh. <laughs> right? I thought that was so funny. He's not a keen student. It's how to it's say his name. Minutes. It's Tolkien. Note to self. Say keen. Keen. Pain. Sorry, I was... Keen was a little, pain. Sorry, I had a little... If they did it as a code, they could have written pain, because that could have been the rhyming to remind the professor... Pronounce his name. Rhymes with pain. Rhymes with pain. Tolkien pain. I mean, Tolkien... Tolkien for pain. Oh, that's good. Hashtag Tolkien for pain. Um, he was informed in October that his services would not be required. So he went through that training. Didn't need it. Oh. Mm. Well, you can't take the degree away from him. In 1945, he moved to Merton College, uh, Oxford, becoming the Merton Professor of English Language and Literature, in a post in which he remained until his retirement in 1959. So he and was there for a long time. Can I ask, have the books he's, been, he's written been published yet? I'm onto it. So, so during yes. the, the World War Two, he is he famous? Is what I'm wondering. Uh well, no, not really. The um the books have been published. So, The Hobbit was published in 1937. Um, so yeah, while he was yeah while he was doing this sort of stuff, but I don't. It wasn't um like hugely successful. It sort of, I think it sort of had like a slow build. Um, and then The Lord of the Rings was originally written like as a sequel. Um, that was sort of the idea of it. It's sort of like a spin-off, you would say, I guess. Would you say it's like a spin-off? Well, yeah, I guess. I guess you could. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how it was supposed to be supposed to be written originally, but then it developed into like a much larger work of its own. It was written in stages between 1937 and 1949, and it was first published in 1954, and it, was one of the, it is one of the best-selling novels ever written, with over 150 million copies sold. So, influences um, on the story of the Lord of the Rings include... Judas Priest. Yes. Um, philosophy, mythology, religion, and the author's distaste for the effects of industrialization. Um, and Black Sabbath. He loves, he loves it. He loves Black Sabbath. Yeah. He loves Ozzy Osbourne. Sharon! 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 I'm trapped in the bathroom again! Sharon! 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 You've named 
two of the Osborne family. Very good. Hello. There we go. <laughs> the dog. The stupid little dog. I'm trapped in the bathroom with a fucking dog, Sharon. Fire, Sharon. Fire, Sharon. The best is when he couldn't figure out how to use the remote. That was the best. <laughs> Poor Doddery old man. Yeah, that other child that refused to be on the show. <laughs> Very good. You've got all the references. You know. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we've got the uh, the Osborne's episode in the works mm. coming up. <laughs> People also so, say, so, but, but he's been influ- Lord of the Rings influenced by Ozzy Osborne at all. At and- all. And, other, and like so, people have like taken a lot out of it. So they've sort of said, "Oh, it's it's obviously influenced by his experience in World War One, and and this and this and this." But a lot of these um these inspirations and themes have been denied by Tolkien himself. He's like, "No," <laughs> he sort of created. His son talks about it in this documentary I watched. Where he's like, he created a second world, basically. Like he created an entire universe, like within within his stories, which is pretty amazing. Um, uh, now. The Lord of the Rings, um, in its turn, is considered to have a great effect on modern fantasy, and the impact of Tolkien's work is such that the use of the words Tolkienian and Tolkienesque have been recorded in the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, I bet he would have loved that. He would have loved that. But only if they'd been under the letter W. Wolkenesque would have appreciated that. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, like Lord of the Rings has been um, referenced in lots of art and film and television and all sorts of things. So it's 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 huge. It's won awards across radio, theatre, film. Um, and, uh, was it popular right away? I think uh, yes and no. Like it wasn't like a sudden boom, but I think it grew in popularity and it has continued to obviously since as well. It feels well. like, yeah, the movies must have given it a new... A new audience. It would have introduced it to a new audience, I reckon, absolutely. But in 2003, it was named Britain's best love novel of all time in the BBC's Big Read. So it's like very, very popular. Um, just a tiny little bit as well about his retirement and his and his later life after he... Um... Yes, was he fucking rich? That's what I want to know. Did he get prove all those haters wrong in his lifetime? Well, um, during his life and retirement, so he retired in 1959 and, uh, and right up until... And he died. He died in 1973. So right up until that time, he received steadily increasing public attention and literary fame. So it wasn't... That's what I was saying. Like, it wasn't like a huge boom straight away. It was obviously it's sort of successful, but it, can, it just sort of grew. In 1961, his friend C.S. Lewis... Ever heard of him? Um, even nominated him for the Nobel Prize in Literature. So I think they were very friendly and maybe even taught at the same university. I, I think... C.S. Lewis, which one's... Is he in Wonderland? Narnia. 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 I What's the Wonderland guy? Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. All right. Um, Do not get them confused. C.S. Lewis Carroll. L- Lewis Carroll. Crazy pedophile. Anyway. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh. Alleged. But he's well dead, so I can say it. <laughs> he's well dead. Um... I think I and I could be wrong here, but I do actually kind of remember reading that uh I think Tolkien taught C. S. Lewis at one point. Oh, okay. I think so. I thought yeah, that they were close friends and Well yeah, I think they were probably later, but I think they may have started as um student or well, that could have been somebody else, but no, I'm pretty sure it was him. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking W. H. Auden was taught by Tolkien. That's what I'm thinking of. Right. But there was a time where you just had to be double initialed. Yeah. J.A. Perkins. Sounds shit. J.A. sucks. I don't mind J.A. MJ, MJ Stewart's sick. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Big time. DJ. DJ Warnicky. Fuck, you guys got it so good. J.A. You better believe, DJ. Sounds good. Um, 
Anyway, the sales of his books were so profitable that he regretted that he'd not chosen early retirement. Like He's like, oh, I didn't need to work. Mm. Um, at first, he wrote enthusiastic answers to readers' inquiries, but he became increasingly unhappy about the sudden popularity of his books. Um like with the 1960s counterculture movement, like they, there was sort of like a boom in the 60s and, and it kind of made him feel a bit weird. And fan attention became so intense that he had to take his phone number out of the public directory and eventually he and Edith moved to Bournemouth. I probably said that wrong. Which was then... Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I think, well, I'm saying that probably like I know, but Bournemouth. it feels right. But it's just born anyway. Which was then a seaside resort that was mostly um, lived in by British upper middle class. And his status as a best-selling author gave him an easy entry into the polite society. But he kind of, like, he missed his friends, like his normal people friends. But um, Edith was, like, overjoyed to step into the role of a society hostess. Ah. Like, she loved it, which had been the reason that he'd selected to live there in the first place because he's like, I'm going to give Edith what she wants, which is very cute. Um, Edith Tolkien died on the 29th of November in 1971 at the age of 82. According to Simon Tolkien, he said, my grandmother died two years before my grandfather and he came back to live in Oxford. Um, I went there frequently and he'd take me to lunch in the Eastgate Hotel. Those lunches were rather wonderful for a 12-year-old boy spending time with his grandfather, but sometimes he seemed sad. There was one visit where he told me how much he missed my grandmother. It must have been very strange for him being alone after they'd been married for more than 50 years. Isn't that nice? That he was, that he was sad, sad and alone. <laughs> Just you, you love you love people to feel like you. <laughs> hey, I like to be able to connect. Um, he was appointed. Tolkien was appointed by Queen Elizabeth II, a commander of the Order, Order of the British Empire, in the 1972 New Year Honours, and received the insignia of the order at Buckingham Palace on the 28th of March 72. In the same year, Oxford University conferred upon him an honorary doctorate of letters. Uh, Tolkien died 21 months after Edith's death on the 2nd of September. 1973, at the age of 81, and he was buried alongside her, so they were together forever. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. They rot next to each other. Matthew! And now his family is... With stuff in their butts. (laughs) No, no stuff in their butts. Oh, okay. Can't confirm nor deny whether it was an open casket. Good point, good point. Cannot confirm nor deny. Oh, yeah, that's only open casket. Yeah, Yeah, not everyone gets their butts stuffed. Yeah, actually, there'd be very few. I've never been to an open casket. I don't want to, ever. No, no good. Yuck. Pretty an experience. Uh, I'm not in life for experiences. Yeah, nah, fuck that. So yeah, that brings me to the end of the life of J.R.R. Tolkien. Wow. Thank you. That is... I think he sounds really sweet. He does. It was, it was a great life. Quite a life. Now, his family must war. be swimming in the royalties. I think they're doing pretty well. How long do the royalties last? Though? Isn't it 50 years? Or is that... As you, I, they, they always try and extend it. I think in most Western countries, it's 75 years after you die. Right. Okay. Really? So well and truly still going. So a long time to go. I think they often try and extend it, people say, because of Walt Disney's tie to things. Like, it, oh, it's 50 years, and then they sort of tr- extend it. Right. They lobby courts and stuff to try and... That's the Walt Disney Family Trust or whatever. Yeah. The Disney yeah. Corporation, so that his creations aren't... Out. That's oh, what I hear is... That's so, what it is. So what does that mean if they go they go out in the public then um Snow White could be made by anyone? Yeah, and all those oh, creations. Okay. Like, you know, how William Shakespeare, no one gets copyright you know, royalties from that. You yeah, anyone 10 can things read, I had about you. Anyone you can have to pay 
any money to the estate of Shakespeare. Gary Shakespeare. Yeah. That's what you said, right? Yes. Never seen it. I've never seen it written down. <laughs> like every time we bring up Shakespeare, Jess has to say Shakespeare. She has to say that, and I have to say ten things I had about you. <laughs> it's your one cultural reference. We're contractually yep. obliged to say that. Yep. And it's based on which play, Matt? Uh, Taming of uh, Matt Stew. Pretty oh good. no, that's another one that's based on something else. I think uh, the gentleman from Verona. Ooh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Two gentlemen of Verona. Great. What? Yeah, that was sorry. The gentleman of Verona. That's actually based on based Romeo on. and Juliet. <laughs> so that brings us to the end, and you know what we always do at the end of the bloody podcast? We, we talk about get the things drunk. we'd like to have Jess edit out that we said. <laughs> all the slander. Well, no, we would like to thank some uh, Patreon supporters. Everyone who chips in a little bit on Patreon. If you feel like uh, this show is. Uh, with a little bit of Yamunzo, you can go to patreon.com. Let's do go on, Pop. Yamunzo. I'll take Yamunzo. Hey, Munzo. Well, really, it, do, it does keep the show going. Oh, we it 100% t- absolutely does. absolutely tell you that. So even if you can chip in a, a dollar or two a month, it absolutely does help us. But we would like to thank some of our Patreon supporters out loud on the show. And Jess, who, who are we thanking? All right. Matt, would you like to uh, kick us off and thanking our oh, first Patreon? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, let me think. Who should? Who do I want to thank? Who's been on my mind lately? Uh, out of the patrons, they all sort of filter through my mind. Um, let me just pick one out of my brain. That is one thing. You go. We start. We commit your name to memory forever. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's also that's part, part of the deal, deal as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would love to thank one of my favourite uh, favourites in 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 the pool of names in my head, Alex Dimmock. Alex Dimmick. Dimmick. Oh, great names, real solid name. I believe they're from Norfolk. Yes. Do you know who else is from Norfolk, Jess? Who? Dave, do you know who else is from Norfolk? No, who's from Norfolk? Jess, do you also know who's from Norfolk? I don't, Matt. Do you know who's? Dave, any idea who oh else is from Norfolk? Let me just ask my friend Matt if he knows who's from Norfolk. Who's from Norfolk, Jess? Any idea who else is from Norfolk? Matt, we've really got, like we've got places to be, mate. Dave. Any idea who's from Norfolk? I don't know. No, me neither. But it'd be interesting to know, <laughs> wouldn't it? Probably Alex, Alex's friends. Alex, Alex Dimmick? I like, uh, like an Alex Dimmick. I think Al- Alan Partridge is from Norfolk. Right. Okay. That's where you were fine. That's where you were going. Great. I really was hoping one of you guys would help me out, but not you to also be. Pre- Alan Partridge is presenter of Radio Norwich as well. <laughs> oh, is he from Norfolk? He's not. He's from Norwich. Well, that's where he pre- his show is radio on Radio Norwich. Oh, have I fucked up? No, Alex is from Norwich. Norfolk. Fuck, Alex, I'm so sorry about everything. Is, it, is, it, is this what you wanted, Alex? <laughs> is, is this worth your money? Um, I would like to, Dave, if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one and then you could, we can finish strong with you because you know I'm bad at this. I would like to thank um, a very good friend of ours, a frequent tweeter too, I think, because this name, I was like, oh, hello, I know this name, I know this person. And so I would like very, very from the bottom of my heart, my cold, dead heart. Hmm. I would like to thank the second most famous Swift, Jordan Swift. Jordan we Swift. We can all agree. After Swift and Shift Couriers, the um, <laughs> SBS spin-off from Fat mm-hmm. Pizza. Exactly. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Swift. Then Jordan Swift. Then the Suzuki Swift. And then the netball team, the, the Swifts. Swifts. 
And then, which is a whole family of Swifts. Yeah, it's so weird. They keep it in the family. Which Sydney is nice. Swifts, right? I think so. I don't and know. then uh, Jonathan Swift, of course, Gulliver, yep. Gulliver's Travels writer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then that's about it. So he's number two in that list. Yep. Wow. Who's number one? Suzuki Swift. No. No. Oh, Swift and Shift. <laughs> Swift and Shift, obviously. Swift and Shift couriers. Yeah. Yep. So thank you very much to Jordan, the second most famous Swift. Um, and we really appreciate your support and your listening. All right. So we started with an Alex. We went with a Jordan. Yep. And we're going to finish. With an Alex. Oh, that's a Jordan Alex sandwich. So if your name is Alex and you support our Patreon, is it going to be you? Oh, my God. There's Will probably heaps you? of you statistically. There's a, a few Alexes. We've done, but now I've done two on one episode. It's, it'd be unlikely if I didn't thank you, wouldn't it? Ooh. So I don't know. There could be like two or three other Alexes going, is it me? Is it me? That actually reminds me. I'd really love to thank Alex Dimmick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I would like to thank Alex... And I'm going to go with this pronunciation. Alex Backey. Backey. Alex Backey. All right. I'm going to have a stab. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Alex Batchy. B-A-C-H-Y. Batchy crazy like as, as known to his friends. Bark. Or she. I like. Yeah. yeah it could be Barky. Probably not Barky. Bit of a silly. JS Bark. Barky. But it could Alex be. Alex is Batchy crazy. I like. I think that's that's got to be it. What about Alex Wacky Tabacky? Oh, there it is. Okay. Backy. Yeah, that's better. Wacky tobacco. You're on the wacky, the Alex wacky tobacco. Or if you're not into that, Alex no wacky tobacco. There we go. Mm. There it, we go. It, it works in it, on every level. So thank you very much. All the way from Pennsylvania. Oh, I, I reckon they might run for governor of Pennsylvania one day, and that'll be their. That'll be, <laughs> that'll their, be their undoing. No, no, that'll be that'll be their um their motto. That'll be their slogan. No wacky tobacco. No, no wacky tobacco. Oh, sorry. They'll want to legalize. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and also, go Penguins at the end of every speech. Yeah, great. You got it. That's how you get people on board. So thank you to Alex, Jordan, and Alex. <laughs> Alex, Jordan, and Alex for breakfast. <laughs> what a radio team. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. It's going to be hard because some of you are in Norwich and oh, Norfolk and one's in Pennsylvania. No, but like, there's ways to get around it these days. You know, modern technology. Skype. Time machine. For example, pulling back the curtain a little bit, I do a segment on radio and I'm in Melbourne and the other two are in Sydney. Nobody knows. Can't hear. I hear. <laughs> oh, I hear. You can hear the slightly better coffee coming from your end of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you can hear the better weather on their end yeah, of the conversation. Yeah, you can. So it, and the beautiful harbour. It balances out. We yeah. really don't have a lot to hang out <laughs> You can hear the culture down our end of the <laughs> line. <laughs> you can hear the coffee. Mm. I'm sorry, Jess, can you just turn down the wank on that <laughs> microphone? <laughs> your wank levels are going yeah, crazy, crazy today. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I used to know a sound guy when I was in bands, and um, pe- when people would say, "Can I have more like of my vocals in the foldback, or can I have more of this?" He would have an extra channel with like a fader that goes up and down that would have nothing on it, <laughs> and he would go, "Yep," and they would see him putting the fader up, and they'd go, "Yep, that's great, thank you," and he'd just call it like the the wanker fader. Oh, but, that's great. sorry, I'm getting too much drums. Yep, no worries. Fader up. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> that's great. Jerk. Oh, interesting. I think that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny, but you I mean, that's just a psychological thing. It's the bloody placebo effect. Correct. So he's making fools of them. Correct. Because they oh. probably didn't need to hear more of themselves. Or... But maybe they did and they just thought, you know, they didn't want to be, they didn't want to pest him beyond that. Pester him. But well, we do have to uh, you end the. Suck. We've got to end the. You fucking suck. Oh no. <laughs> We're going to end this week's topic right there. Mm-hmm. Can I have less Jess in my headphones, please? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Do you want me to. 
Is that good? Yeah, that's better. Thank you. That's better. We have turned Jess's microphone off, so good luck saying bye this week, Jess. Uh, but thank you so much, everyone, that does support us on Patreon. Um, all the, our social media links are always in the description of the episode, but if you would like me to read them out, here I go. At Do Go On Pod for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We love to hear from you every single week, and we've got Do Go On Pod at gmail.com. Hey, hey, Jess, come say goodbye on my mic, Mike, sort of like um, Paul, Paul and George style. I'm here, I'm here now. Love, love me do. Love, love you. Wait, are we saying goodbye? No, I'm going to say from, from, from me. Oh, waiters. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, guys, we're just dropping in here to tell you an exciting development <laughs> through our Patreon. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we mentioned, I mentioned, I volunteered very excitedly to, to hump he and headbutt. Could, he could not put his hand up, up high enough. Yeah. Uh, mm. English is fun. I volunteered to hump and headbutt the old H&H. Uh, <laughs> a topic? Well, not a topic. But an object of your choosing... Well, not really your choosing, but we'll give you three options, and uh, we have just put those options up on Twitter. Huh? Mm-hmm. Guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm pretty, I don't know why you did this to yourself. Yeah, and then, like, and has re- fighting us to... Like, he's insisting we follow through on this, so... I'm giving the people what they want. They want me to hump. They want me to headbutt. How long are you going to hump it for? <laughs> Obviously, it depends on the object. Are we doing this live? <laughs> Huh. Uh, I imagine there will be some editing just in case it goes horribly wrong and I somehow injure myself. Or impregnate some fruit. Could be fruit. Or it could be two other options. So what <laughs> we've <laughs> Now, um... W- this, this, one of the options is uh, was put forward sort of by Zach Shepard on Twitter. He suggested a uh, lemon meringue pie. And you heard that, and you heard... I messaged, I said, Zach Shepard's got this great idea. And you heard me say, Shepard's pie, basically. <laughs> yeah, you said Shepard, you said pie, and I'm suddenly, I'm thinking of Shepard's pie. <laughs> so you've morphed it. And, was... and, and obviously, if you're going to have a Shepard's pie, there's only one accoutrement. <laughs> that's not right, is it? <laughs> that's like near a word that's right. No, no, let's go with that. All right. There's only one accoutrement, and there's only one Japanese accoutrement, and that mm. is, of course, garlic bread. Yes. Yeah. So one of the options is shepherd's pie and garlic bread, hump, headbutt, and I reserve the right to eat or not eat. Okay. <laughs> After the hump. Are they all edible? They are all edible because option number two is porridge, oh. instant porridge, which yep. as we all know, Matt, your opinion on, on that kind of porridge is? It's, it's not how you make porridge. <laughs> it's not how you make porridge. So I don't know how you hump or headbutt porridge, but we'll come to that and bridge when we so come to that. So one of them's a, two po- a two-parter. Yeah. So what are you going to do? The garlic bread, are you going to hump the pie, then hump the garlic bread, then headbutt the pie, then headbutt the garlic bread? Look, part of the terms and conditions is I get to choose my order, all right? Okay. Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I am doing this just because I'm desperate for more footage in my show reel. Sure. This is the good stuff. I'm trying to get into Hollywood. <laughs> I think this is what they want. If we have any listeners in Hollywood, uh, especially yeah. anyone who, who uh, is looking for someone to hump and head back yeah, that's right. in Hollywood. Is um, your first name either Steven or Spielberg? First name Spielberg. Spielberg Donahue. Uh, if you're he's a plumber. He's a plumber. But also, if your Hollywood. name is Steven, I would like to hear from you. Uh, option number three is, it's a classic. It's a classic hump and headbutt manoeuvre. 
probably the most painful, mm-hmm. but the least messy in my in my account mm. is a watermelon. All pretty messy. We're gonna have to put down a tarp. Well, I have to be. Is it a whole watermelon? Your head butter. You're gonna have to break it open. Yeah. I, I'm picturing a whole a whole melon. This is a weird. Uh, it's a real it's very a lot- long drop in we've done here. But, but so what just- I'm trying to say is the Twitter poll is now open, so anyone on Twitter can vote for it, and then anyone who submits anything from a dollar up on our Patreon page um, will be able to watch the video once the poll has closed. And we've uh, either cooked the porridge, the garlic bread, the, the shepherd's pie, or bought a watermelon. <laughs> Please choose watermelon. It's just easier for us. Someone <laughs> someone suggested an encyclopedia off the Twitter. You didn't you didn't go with that one as an option. Yeah, that edible. would have been a lot, a lot less messy. He's only going for edible. Oh, only things, edible. Yeah. Sorry, of course. I would never disrespect the encyclopedia. Point is, vote now on Twitter. Vote now. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. 